Hi everyone, my name is Field, and thank you for tuning into my podcast, where I ask people who've had unconventional upbringings to talk about their experience growing up and how their unique relationship with their parents has shaped them. My goal is to share these often untold stories to create a sense of solidarity among us who feel underrepresented in today's portrayals of family dynamics, and in the end to foster some healing and community. On this episode, you will hear an acknowledgement dedicated to the mothers, written by Maya Adachi Amate, a student and writer from Toronto who is passionately involved in amplifying voices that Western society tends to drown out. Following, you will hear an interview where Raymond, a Toronto-born native who has just returned from university in New York, shares with us his experience growing up with Chinese immigrant parents who deviate from the conventional integration that a lot of immigrant parents encounter. I hope these stories will resonate with you, and welcome to the family. Well, well, hello, Field. <laughs> Hi, Raymond. So I'm here with Raymond, who is my first interviewee on my podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you guys an interesting story because I was an unplanned baby. So I'm just going to say my mom, like, like at the time, it was like really impossible for her to be to be like fertile. One time, one night, they were having unprotected sex, and I happened, and that was a miracle. Because you know why? Because my mom said that a year ago, she went to a mountain in China, found this temple in the midst of a forest. She went in, got her fortune told, and she and it's like one of those bamboo things that you shake out, and she got like the best fortune ever. She's like, oh, something you you'll receive a gift from God. And then a year later, she went to Canada, and then I was born. And then she told me that she tried to revisit that temple, but she couldn't find it anymore. So apparently, I was like a mystic child. <laughs> so yeah, thank them for giving me life. That's that's my my. I won't thank them for my life and that temple for giving me that you know that mystic vibe to my existence. This poem is for the mothers who can't understand this poem. For the mothers whose thick hair tangles with their thick accents, while their child tries to sew together their broken English. This is for the mothers who don't blend in, who get pulled over for the color of their skin. This is for the mothers who don't know how to talk about mental health or queerness, who think their child acts out because of hormones and not racism. This is for the mothers who never learned that it's not okay to hit their children, and for those who are still unlearning. This is for the mothers who say, I love you, not through words, but through actions. For the mothers who cook a lunch every school day, only for it to return untouched, rejected by scrunched noses and eyes envious of PB&J. This is for the mothers who don't have the choice to divorce. For fear of deportation or isolation, this is for the mothers who never complain or cry, who sacrifice more than their life, who these boarders have deemed underqualified, who have delivered babies by iPhone flashlight only to be demoted to nurse's assistant when they arrive. This is for the mothers whose names are never pronounced correctly on the first try, who are never asked the meaning their name holds. 
This is for the mothers who are missing or murdered, for those who fight with family services, for whom reconciliation is a full-time job. This is for the mothers who don't get paid for their labor inside the home when they serve as the cook, the vacuum, or the babysitter. This poem is for the mothers who can't see their children face to face, who read bedtime stories over Skype, send their good intentions by mail. This is for the mothers who preserve their history, wrap it up in lotus leaves, and hope it's passed down to nurture future generations. This is for the mothers. Again, the challenges is that um, communication that comes along with a cultural barrier because I am Chinese-Canadian. <clears throat> Meanwhile, they are immigrants from China. I grew up with semi-Chinese values and semi-Canadian value or westernized value. Like Sometimes I feel like maybe I am too honest with my communication and that might make them feel uncomfortable. So it's always finding a balance which is hard. So there's a lot of challenges, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's always about um, finding the correct balance to kind of make all of us feel comfortable. What I really admire about them is that they're very resilient. I mean, they've been through a lot, and our family just been through a lot in general together. Um, although our relationships are kind of dysfunctional but I feel like we share this bond that not anyone can understand because we experienced it together. Speaking from like more of a personal perspective, the relationship that I have with my parents are very carefree. When I'm talking to my parents, we never talk about like serious stuff, we gossip. I know all of my mom's friends and we know who did who. My dad's actually very charming. He's this, like, 6'3 guy with, like, facial hair. And, he, like, before he went bald, he had this, like, long ponytail. And, like, I remember we always, like, hosted, like, those, like, family gatherings and parties and stuff. So they were, like, both, like, stars. Yeah, like, my dad is just very charismatic, and I, I really like that about him. But eventually it gets really corny. Like, it later on translates to, like, dad jokes, the equivalent of that. And I actually had fond memories of him because he was always composed. Like, it's a good thing and bad thing. Like, good way to say it is that he's very composed. The bad way of saying it is that he's, like, so, like, locked up. Something to admire, but at the same time, it can hinder his own development or his own happiness. I feel like if he was more opened up about it, he might be less resentful. But at the same time, he's a very composed person. Or maybe he just likes to play them all the time. See, I never know. So my mom and I have a very like joyous relationship slash friendship because like she's like five foot. It's really short compared to my dad. Her voice is really loud. There's no such thing as an indoor voice with her. She likes to speak in this language, which is broken English slash broken Mandarin slash broken Cantonese slash broken Shanghainese. So she makes all four of those like language slash dialects together and formulate her own way of communicating. She is truly a fearless woman, but with very cowardly concerns, such as, I'm scared to order to, at Tim Hortons, can you order for me? I'm like, sure, but she's not afraid to call out that waiter that served the person before us, like, 
a minute earlier than us because their orders came first, like at the kitchen. She will have an issue with that and will yell at them with her broken language that she invented in Chinatown. <laughs> so it's like embarrassing but funny at the same time. Yeah, I have great memories of my parents. But also like very embarrassing memories. Their eccentric characters gave me new perspectives of life. Aside from the language barrier, the cultural barrier, as well as our differences in each of our own emotional capacity. Well, I mean, although like we see each other every day at home when I was younger, everything everything stemmed from like the way that we communicate. I feel like. I don't know their full history, and they don't know my full history, and that uh, we're not very open with each other in terms of our past, our present, and even our future. So that I feel like is one of our major issues that we need to overcome. I'm scared that one day that one of us were to pass away, we'll we won't have any idea of what kind of life each other lived. So. Yeah, that's a challenge that I have with my family because I don't know what's gonna happen because the way that we communicate with each other is not very common with how I communicate with others. Just because they are the first people that I ever interact with since a young age, also because I didn't live with them. So I lived in Shanghai in boarding school. I went to university, so I spend like a good majority of time away from them. I want to thank them for like giving me financial support. I am an only child, although they complain about how much money I am, which I would not disagree. They they did and still underhandedly support me financially. So I want to thank them for that. I want to thank them because I feel like they never suffocate me with unrealistic expectations. But that also comes with like how how we don't see each other that much, and we're like close but not close at the same time. It's like a very like polarized. Like it's like either we're very like happy one day, but ten minutes later we might have an argument on something really small, and someone would cry. My mom is an emotional time bomb. I'm an emotional time bomb. My dad is a long-term emotional time bomb. So we're all very explosive with our emotions, with our happiness, sadness, everything. So I can, I am kind of thankful for that because we have like a very large spectrum of emotions that we don't try to compress. I feel like I know what society expects. I've been through it. I know how to act composed, but it's honestly not healthy. Like I know how to be well spoken. I know what other people want to hear, but. But like that's so boring. Like that's not a, what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I have so much to talk about. Yeah. Field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like with our like my family's like spending habits oh, okay. and everything. Yeah, I'll dive in. Um. So basically, so after a series of financial difficulties that my family had, we learned to be like very minimalistic with our living. I think my parents fully bought out a house in Windsor and moved there with their savings, so they don't need to pay rent. But also, my dad lives off of like sales items from Chinese supermarkets. So basically, all he eats is carbs, and he like makes his own food, so he almost never eats out. 
And then my mom just sits in like her work and watches dramas and go on her iPad. And they don't spend that much money anymore because they're prepared for like, you know, being old and not doing anything. But however, back when 10, 15 years ago, like my dad has this like gambling issue. And then my mom, she had like, like she had her own money. So she was like buying herself Louis Vuitton, Chanel, blah, 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 spending money here, spending money there. But now she's just like, she just has her money. She's just like, doesn't want it anymore. Partially because she feels like her beauty is fading away. The way she is, she's like stopped giving shit about like how she looks in general. Like she used to be like always like very careful about like the way she looks, but now she's like, I'm fucking old. Let me eat whatever the hell I want. Like I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're like truly living freely. But at the same time, she's just like, Why am I living? Oh my god. I'm like, that's fair. Well, I don't know. But they really like to eat right now. I feel like that's their main source of enjoyment. Because what they don't know what the fuck is a corporate job. They don't know like what kind of various things are. But they're still living. Yeah. Like, I mean, they lived in Canada for like over 25 or almost 30 years. Still kind of don't speak English. So, no, they never integrated. We had our own like community. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's just something very eccentric because talking to other asian canadians their family kind of always like integrate with the mainstream society but my parents were like the og hipsters of like chinatown like they didn't need to do that like we were poor we didn't have like we didn't like immigrate over with like technical skills or like honorable titles yeah i actually feel that with modern days asian families are actually provide more to their kids just because the idea of having kids it's like not just sending them off when they're turned to and turn into an adult but actually like kind of keeping them forever because um a big concept in the east is that you let your kids take care of you when you're older i don't feel like that concept is as prevalent in western culture in terms of providing yeah like i think the idea of giving back and Western culture and East in Eastern culture is very different. I, I didn't like manifest it, like say that, oh, I need emotional support. I just felt that I needed more, but I didn't know what it was. I probably thought I, I needed more support. They felt that I had this over-dependence on them. Meanwhile, I feel like my whole childhood was an act of rebellion independence because I never want to share anything with them. And I think they thought it was normal because it wasn't it wasn't much of a responsibility for them to bear or they just didn't want to take on that burden. Their virtue was to feed me and make sure I'm alive and I have a house to live in. When I was younger, I obviously felt that they felt very negative towards the way I look. I don't know, is that common in Asian families? But they just don't seem to have as much of an issue with me now. So I feel like a lot of my body image issues does stem from my family because they're very critical ever since a young age in regards to my nearsightedness, my weight, my general appearance, my acne, and I guess my composure as well because of my parents thought I was very, um, how, how do you say it's like the, the opposite of brave. Like they thought I was very timid or cowardly even. 
I think they at that time I was like two hundred and forty pounds, but they weren't sure how to tell me. But when they're mad, they definitely tell me how fat I am. I think it's because what they thought was I was so fat that all my features were like kind of disappearing, and it doesn't resemble them. Um, they compared my eyes to a sheep's eye because I don't know. It's like something with like having double eyelids or not, or like having eyes that are too small that neither resembles my mom or my dad. And my dad is six three, and I'm five eleven. And they wonder why I never grew as tall as my dad. And I already forgot how I look like back then. Maybe all my features were squished together, so they couldn't even realize what it was. Wow. So yeah, a lot of my body image issues kind of stayed with me till now, and I feel like stem from back then because I didn't have any friends when I was younger. My parents were like my biggest critic, and I didn't have any support from my family life. I mean, they were so uninvolved, so they just like kind of undermined my intelligence. One time, they compared me to a retard. Or many times, they so they never trust anything I say. Even when I was in university, I was I was like, okay, so I kind of want to go to business school, and then my dad took it as an, oh, are you dropping out? Is that what you're saying? Or switching schools? Like, are you, like it escalated to, I think you dropped out of school, and you're just using our money to live away from us. I mean that was really hurtful because like that's like a next level of undermining how intelligent or my drive to succeed is. I guess I kind of I was like, okay, here is my transcript. Are you happy with how I'm passing university? And he was like, I mean, my dad doesn't speak English, so what he did was he took down a pen and a piece of paper and started like writing the numbers down <laughs> and started asking me, is that the course? I'm like, yeah, you can write that down too. And he like writes it down and like print and put down like the marks that I received for the class. Just make it feel like very demeaning. Although I feel like they needed the assurance. I, I don't know. It it's 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 complicated because I have this like conflict. It's like I always try to cater to how they feel, but at the same time, I try to like also practice self care through all that. Like I kind of got beaten down so much. That I tend to just forget about myself, but my parents still call me selfish. So you never know. You never know. I don't see myself as a victim. I think I'm strong enough now to kind of like somewhat carry my family. As in, like I think I'll be more ready to be emotionally there for them. Because I feel like my parents asked that from me since I was younger, and as like a Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, even nineteen-year-old. I was not ready to take on all of that. They had so many like pent-up issues, and I don't think I'm ready to help them with that or like to give them that kind of assurance. But at least now, with a comfortable distance, I'll be able to visit them and create more positive memories. And I think that's kind of like my way of healing our family as a whole. Our small family of three. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a Cinderella story. I love. I moved away to become myself. So I feel like a majority of the reason why、uh, why I am who I am today is because I moved away and I had some time to breathe. I think my parents were a bit suffocating. I feel like we were all being miserable together. 
to extract myself from that, I feel like it's definitely healthy for me. Time was like able to slowly heal me, slowly, and I was able to have a life outside of my family life. Um, <laughs> let's turn into a more positive tone. I mean, I graduated from university. I mean, uh, I feel like my parents are also concerned for me because they they didn't live a nine to five job. Like they weren't incorporated into the business world or any of the professional world. So, I mean, they're very concerned about how I was going to make a living. I, I'm sure they didn't want me to live like them. Not live like them, but like there must be better options for me. But they don't know what, so they were lost as well. So I feel like they're kind of more at ease now because. I'm more certain of myself, and they're more financially stable as well. It's, it's so weird because I feel like my 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 parents seem to think I'm still like super good looking now, which I'm like like WTF. Like I feel like they respect me a little bit more. However, they're still skeptical. They're unsure of my accomplishment, but I'm sure they're proud of me, but never express it. But I don't know. Um, I yeah. See, like I even have a problem expressing like how they feel positively about me, just because like it's kind of weird. It's like I still need some time to like take in that affection and take in that positivity, which which also correlates with how I need to practice self care because I shouldn't deny myself of my positive qualities. Yeah, sorry. I just feel like it's very uncomfortable for me to talk how my parents see me in a positive way because I'm so uncertain. I haven't seen them for so long, so it's really I'm, I don't feel like I'm able to tell you because I mean, wouldn't you like? Would you be able to say something like that? Would you be able to talk about how your parents see you in a positive light? Or but it's not. I don't. I don't like. I just want to clarify that I don't see them as negative anymore just because like it happened to me and it's my past and I kind of make light out of it and as you can see I'm always smiling and laughing about it so yes there's a large reason why I couldn't make like close friends when I was younger because due to the nature of my parents jobs I wasn't allowed to bring anyone like home like I wasn't allowed to have friends over I guess there's a certain level of like elusiveness that I have to keep in order to protect my family aside from that like it's just really hard to find people who resonates with me because I grew up in very different neighborhoods in Toronto like I moved a lot so making friends weren't that easy uh, talking about alienation is just I wasn't like treated with prejudice but it's just that I didn't have the time to like incorporate myself to like a certain like stereotype box or group of people but at the same time I'm pretty glad I'm my own person now and I don't ever feel like I need to be anything I'm not it helped me grow it helped me grow as a person with those childhood experiences Tell something to your younger self. Be gay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, when I was younger, I didn't appreciate myself as much. Like I always want to like be who I wanted to be, but not be who I am. Be be okay with differences. Like you don't have to be one thing. 
Yeah, like when I was younger, I I always thought I can't be a hypocrite. But now, thinking back to it, I'm like, I'm allowed to feel differently about things all the time. A lot of the times, it really depends on the moment. And it's not about like having one answer and sticking with it forever because I feel like that way you'll just be living a lie because you're 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 allowed to change your thoughts and with enough evidences like that will like change your values and values always change. You can't tell me that what you value when you're four years old is as same as like how you value things now. Like for example I'm twenty five and I wouldn't have all those insights if I kept on like resenting my parents and thinking that one way to live is the way to live. My my regret right now is that maybe I didn't experience as much when I was you know, I still feel like um, I could experience more if I was more open to it because my parents were not comfortable with me being com- confident or didn't they don't see me as a confident child. I kind of wish I didn't take that from them because when I was a kid like I, I mean a lot of like a lot of kids would like see themselves as how the parents see them. But I feel like I would tell myself, don't let your parents like determine how you feel or your capabilities. Like you, sh- you don't even know your own capabilities. I don't even know how like capable I am to this day. Like I kept on surprising myself. So yeah, and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that my upbringing definitely has altered my personality a lot. The way I like communicate with others, the way that I see myself. Uh, positive and negatives. I have been through a lot with my parents, uh, financially, emotionally, socially, everything. If you were to talk to me before, I'll be like, oh, like when you talk to me, things are slightly more emotional. I'll be like, I feel numb, which is my way of coping with a uh, with a lot of my emotional traumas or like or my counselor says regression. But now I'm able to identify them. And catering to, like, Western society, I mean, it's just better to, like, know your feelings and you can express them. One, one of my kind of, like, exes said that, like, Raymond, I'm not a mind reader, which I'm, like, so pissed off about at first. I'm, like, what do you mean you're not a mind reader? I, I think that's, like, the Asian in me kind of trying to, like, force other people to understand you. But at the same time, like, okay, fine, like, you're right. I should be more certain with how I feel and more firm in my communication. Yeah, my parents were a bit more unconventional. They never had the, well, the expectation or the idea of like, oh, my my kid is become going to become like the greatest thing ever, which I feel super grateful about. I'm so grateful that they didn't have this unrealistic kind of projection of what they want to me. So they never were like, oh, Raymond, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be an accountant. I'm super grateful for that. And I feel like, they just want me to be like happy and kind of like have a way to live. So I feel like on not that was their major concern, setting healthy expectations for myself. Before I thought it was like because they had low expectations for me, but on the contrary, that had made me to have my own set of expectations for myself. So there's no such thing as an overachiever or an underachiever because I live by my own fucking rules. So I'm super thankful for my parents for giving me that so I don't have to be pressured to compare myself to other people. Um, so I feel like that ties into how I did the balance between like the Chinese person I am and also the Canadian person I am. Um, and it kind of like makes a good con- conglomerate of Raymond. And honestly, it's a lot. <laughs> and it has its good and bads. 
but I'm happy with myself. But yeah, so right now um, I'm actually going to see my parents. So I hope I practice what I preach and create more happy memories with my parents. Well, thank you, Raymond, so much for sitting down and letting me interview you and for being so open to all of my questions. I hope it was a positive experience for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, thank you for reassuring me on my thoughts, and uh, I'm actually in a really good mood right now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cut. Well, folks, that's it. If you resonated with what was shared today and would like to share your own story, we'd love to hear it. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We'll be here until next time.